What's up, everybody? Welcome to Unraveled Influence, the 3 p.m. edition, of course. Um, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. I just start this live now. But in the meantime, um, I hope everyone's having a great day. Um, drinking my coffee from Quick Check. What's going on, William? Welcome. Just starting this live, waiting on Robert Kazi so we can go live together. And waiting on my co-host, Miss Angela Murray. But in the meantime, how are you doing? There he is. The man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. Alright, and then let me get Angela in here. Where are you, Angela? Hey, Robert, how's it going, buddy? Good, Andy, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good, man. Just um, enjoying the day. I literally woke up at one o'clock because last night um, I hung out with a really no friend of mine and you know, we went to church and everything, just hanging out. We ended up going to uh, um, Fridays on 34th Street in the city and like I made the mistake because they used to have these appetites where you get six boneless wings with uh, potato skins and mozzarella sticks, but I didn't realize they changed it where now you get 18 boneless wings. So I ate all of it, but then I ended up regretting it later. And I'm like, oh <laughs> my God, no, why did I do this? And but plus, other than that. And plus, isn't it true, like in New York, you know, the nighttime just disappears so quickly. You, you lose track of how late it really is because you yeah. look outside and there's still so many people milling around. So it's really yeah. easy to lose track. Yeah. Hi. It, so it's so true though. It's so true because I, I was telling my friend because my friend's name was Chris. So I was like, Chris, like what I moved back into New York, no, but I like going there to like, for the you know to visit, to hang out. I don't mind it because I love the scenery, I love the lights, yeah. especially 34 going into like the 40s. And it's so crazy because so much got is not there anymore, but new stuff coming in. Um like like the Kmart's not there anymore. The the there used to be this strip on I think exactly on thirty third I think there used to be this thing called Mister Bag. Mm -hmm. There was all these uh, there used to be a Wendy's on that block too, and then that whole thing is demolished. And I'm just like this is crazy, but I understand they're changing things for the better. But it's like New York's changed a lot. It's like wow, like it's it's a it's it's interesting and amazing at the same time. Uh, what do you think, Robert? Like, how do you feel about New York today? Like, how it's changed? Do you like the old New York better, or or you don't, or, or you, bleh, or it doesn't matter to you? <laughs> well, I think one of the things you immediately have to accept about New York City is how it changes. So you either go with the change or you get left behind, because New York is mm. very unforgiving. Um, yes. So I choose to go with it, you know, to go with however it's going. Um, as much as I um, miss some of the things that used to be, um, I also think sometimes what makes things so special is that they're not necessarily meant to last forever. And when you true, look true. back upon them, you know, there there's this sweet nostalgia about them. And 
uh, also a, a, a thankfulness within ourselves that uh, we existed at that time to to be part of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, something that not everybody got to do, you know, so that's how I tend to look at it. Wow. Amen to that. Yeah, because it makes you appreciate because after we left, um, you know, um, Dirty Fortune with the Times Square for a little bit. And then we because we, uh, the church we went to was in Brooklyn, um, Ridgewood. And I'm just looking around the area, even of Ridgewood, so gentrified. It's so different. Like the old places I used to go hang out at, it's not there anymore. But again, it's back to what you're saying. It helps you appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, I, I remember when it was there. So even though it's not there, but I can remember when it was there. Um, for example, there's a, there used to be this movie theater. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this part of Brooklyn, but it's like in Williamsburg. And it was on Marcy and Broadway, and it was called The Commodore. And you get to see two movies for $6. It's not there anymore. It's, um, they have like a whole, like, plaza thing there, which is pretty interesting. But I remember that I could appreciate the fact that this is what it was. And I think the last movie I saw there was uh, Dance With Me with Vanessa Williams. That was the last movie I saw there, which is crazy. <laughs> and, then, and then Halloween H2O, I think, came out that time. I paused out. Yeah, no, we're going home. Let's go. <laughs> well, I'll say this. I, I've only been to New York City a couple of times. It's because I'm a horrible, horrible person. Because my sister actually lives in New York. She lives in Astoria, Queens. And not just that, Robert. Uh, she's part of the NYPD. Uh, so she's... She really lives New York, and so maybe that's why I've just been hesitant to go out there. But mm -hmm. um, New York really does have a soul, doesn't it? That's kind of why you mm. feel like that's why you're there. Well, I live in New Jersey, um, okay. but I spent a good portion of my growing up years going back and you know back and forth to the city. And my best friend lived there at one point, um, and I spent. Uh, the the mid 1990s, uh, spending a lot of time in there, um, and to this day, I mean, it's my favorite place in the world to go. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm only a, about an hour on the train away from the city. So you know, I feel like I've got the best of the both worlds right now because I live in the yeah. mountains where it's really quiet, mm -hmm. um, but I can get right into the city anytime I need to, and want to. So um, it's just. Uh, you're right to say that the city just has its own heartbeat and there's no place in the world like it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very important part of my life and it's, it's always a fixture in my writing um, because it's, it's, uh, it's just been around forever for, with me. Yeah. You know, and it's just one of those things, you know, I think when when our lives are surrounded by something um, that that feels so alive that you can hear its heartbeat, that, that it's inevitable in whatever art we create, it's going to be uh, coming through that. Wow, makes Absolutely. sense. It makes it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, it's so Andy, true, too, because well, Andy, I know you draw inspiration from New York and you go there time to time and you take the photos, correct? Is that kind of what you yeah, do? Yeah, uh, yeah, even though I don't post them on Instagram, but yeah, but on my spare time, I do go to New York or I just go to different places, whether, um, wherever I feel like going on that day on my bike, because I, I have, have an e-bike and I like to just ride. Like I went to Hoboken the other night because I knew I was off the next day. 
and I was just taking pictures of Hoboken. And I think something I love about Hoboken, it has a New Yorkish vibe to me a little bit because I feel like I'm on West 4th Street when I'm over there. And it's interesting because, like, it's quiet, but there's still people outside, but they're just enjoying the night, especially when it's nice and beautiful outside. And there's the pier where you can see the whole entire skyline of New York. And I remember growing up, um, well, not growing up, I remember when, like, in college, because I had friends that lived in Jersey, so we would go to Hoboken and hang out. And it, it was so different back then, because it was dangerous to live in Hoboken, um, just to be there. And you had to just kind of watch over your shoulder. Now it's a little bit more controlled, and it's a little more structuredized now. And it's just like, wow. Like, that's what you were saying before, but at the end of the day, I think between New York and Jersey, do you think there's, like, a competition between the two to try to be, see who to have the better heartbeat? Like, what do you think about that? Because I've always wondered that myself about uh, New, Jer New Jersey. I never, never really felt that. I never really felt that competition. Um, maybe because I grew up in northern New Jersey. So mm -hmm. the, the, the pace where I grew up, and I also grew up in a town where a lot of people in my town took the train because they worked, into the, worked in the city. So mm -hmm. we were sort okay. of hybrids anyway um but the pace was so similar um that they felt the same they mm. felt the same and i don't okay. think there's that jockeying for position okay um, maybe in other parts of the state maybe like south jersey where you get kind of close to philly maybe there's more of a competitive fire there uh, because there's certainly right. a competitive fire between philly and new york um but uh, where I grew up, no, I didn't. I didn't feel that, and I didn't see that. And I think, like, if you go to Hoboken and you're walking the streets of Hoboken, and then you cross the river and you're in the city, it's going to feel very, very similar, you know. Right. In, in yeah. so many, yeah. in so many ways. So, uh, you know, I think they blend nicely together. Well, other than um, New York and New Jersey. I I know that you just recently had a couple of international celebrities come and visit you um, from the poetry community. But other than New York, New Jersey, has there been any other place that you've gone to where you felt a, a deep spiritual or just instant inspirational connection to where it just fell right, flew yes. right through you? Yes. Um, when I was in Italy, uh, in Rome, you know, I was just talking about this with a friend of mine. I, I even went as far to identify the neighborhood I would live in. And it's uh, down from the Trevi Fountain, and it's on one of those streets where um, it's all lined with apartments that have balconies overlooking the street. And uh, the apartment that I would have, you'd be able to look to your right and look all the way down the street and watch as it goes more and more narrow, and then look to your left, and you'd be able to see the fountain. But you'd be far enough away from the fountain that um, the, the voices would get eclipsed a little bit so you'd have a little bit of quiet um that part of, of rome uh is just uh i don't know what it is about that part of rome but uh i'm a very visual person and i could i mm. could i could really tap into the energy there and there you know in rome there's art around every corner and uh yeah so i think that that place in particular I've been to a lot of beautiful places, um, but as far as visually seeing myself somewhere um, and knowing that I could sit on that balcony and write like a madman, mm. um, you know, that 
<laughs> that that's a memorable that's a memorable feeling and uh, so i'll never forget that um uh, but yeah rome rome would be my answer for that and that specifically that neighborhood wow um so spoken word spoken scott said um robert what's the biggest curveball you faced and how did you deal with it and what part in your writing has it played Ooh, that's a good question um yeah that's really good my biggest curveball um let me think about that well i've had a great curveball in jairo diaba <laughs> because um i was not expecting to find a writing partner uh someone who uh on paper is so different from from me uh and um I'll never forget when Hiro reached out to me and wanted to do an Instagram live, and I didn't even know he was aware of who I was. And I would, I started reading his work, and I'm thinking, why does he want to do a live with me? You know, it's so, we're so different. Uh, but that's the beauty of it. And mm -hmm. uh, that was a curveball that I didn't recognize right away until we got live and started talking. And then uh, he asked me to write a one-act play with him, and I turned him down at first because I didn't think I could do it. Um, wow. And he said, no, no, you, 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 I need somebody who can write narrative. And, and it was a play about a, a friend that he had when he was a teenager who unfortunately committed suicide. And he wanted me to write in the voice of his friend. And I didn't know I could, if I could do that or not. Uh, that is a so challenge that, for sure. So that Absolutely. was that. That's what I would call my curveball, you know, um, instead of going to something in my life that may have um, uh, added some turmoil. But in terms of my writing, you know, um, that that probably had the biggest uh, that was the biggest curveball in the best way, you know, because now we've just finished our first draft of our novel you know, mm. and we're on to doing rewrites. And, uh, you know, so we went from writing a one act play to, together to writing an entire novel, you know, and an entire book of poetry, wow. too, that that's a companion book to the novel uh, that are both unreleased, you know, that we're still, you know, getting together. So, um, yeah, so you never know, I guess, you know, to get back to Scott's original question, as writers and artists and people in general, you can't ignore anything because you just don't know, you know, and mm -hmm. if someone is insistent, you need to listen and see, you know, because as much as I tried to dismiss his idea of us doing something together, writing together, um, he wore me down to a point where I said, you know, I really need to look at this, you know, I need to try this, you know, and he made it very easy. He said, you know, if, if, uh, if it doesn't work, then, you know, it's okay. Um, didn't put any pressure on me, but, uh, you know, just keep our eyes and ears open because you just don't know yeah. because it comes in all different forms and it comes very unexpected. You know, I mean, Andy, I know, you know, Hiro really well. Hiro's Mormon. You know, I grew up over here. Um, you know, like we're, we're just miles and miles apart in so yeah. many ways, but we are not, 
as different as you would originally think looking yeah. at both of our works because <laughs> I just love that. And yeah, when we I love that. And it's so crazy too because it's so crazy because I met him at random. It's so I don't know if I ever told the story, but there was a poet I used to interact with named Eve Adams, right? So she every time she went out, she never showed her face. She always did like a little screen pretty much. And she, we were just talking, having a conversation. She said, oh, hey, I know you like interesting poetry. Why don't you check this guy out? He was new at the time. He was just starting. So I was just looking at his stuff, and I reached out to him. I said, hey, you know, you got pretty good stuff. I like it. And then it just clicked instantly. And it's so interesting. This was so random. But then from there, we just became good friends. And it was just like, because we're both fathers on top of that. We're both religious people who believe in Jesus and stuff. And the conversations we had, like, I, I love the way he writes because it's so different. He's the one that got me into the whole surrealism stuff. Yeah. He's the one that put me on to that. I'm mm -hmm. like, dude, I wish I could write like that. Him and another guy, um, Hector Verse, I think, was the other right. guy's name he used to interact yeah, with. Yeah. And, yeah, and the way they interact. And then from that, it's weird because, too, it's weird with the, 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 the algorithm Instagram because I guess when you meet certain people, somehow it connects you. Yeah, and that and somehow that's how I met Robert Charbonneau from there as well, which is crazy. And then don't say his name, Andy. Don't do it. Oh, because there's a joke behind this. I got to, we could talk about this because yeah, she well she said oh I can't she meant to say oh I can't wait to have Robert Kazi and she actually said Robert Charbonneau and I'm like no it's what is wrong with you because <laughs> the names I'm like oh yeah. my Something god about saying Robert Charbonneau is just so fun to say not that Kazi's cool don't get me wrong Kazi's cool but Charbonneau you know yes. it's just so fun to say that I I'm afraid I'm gonna Fun. introduce you. Nah. As, as Charbonneau, and he, and he said he was gonna slap me if I do. That's well, joke, I, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind at all, Angela, because I am a reader of Robert Charbonneau. Uh, so oh I, my God! So yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm very aware of who he is. So I don't mind being confused yeah. with him. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but it's so interesting how it just connected us yeah. together. We've done. I think we've done two lives with him, and I've done two lives with you now, and I've done yeah. a live with Hyro as well. Actually, I've done two lives with Hyro actually with him already. So um, would that be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta do so with all three of you guys. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting conversation. So, yeah, Alexa um, Hogat said, "What books slash writers have inspired you the most?" That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, well, most recently, Thomas Wolfe, um, and specifically his book *Look Homeward, Angel*. Um, of course, it was a recommendation from Hiro, and I've learned now in our in our writing partnership and friendship, if Hiro recommends a book, I should read it. Um, yeah. And as we were getting underway with this novel, he said, "Read Thomas Wolfe. Study how he's written." these characters, specifically the dialogue, the story, um, and take notes. And so I immediately got the physical book and then I, I got the audio book too, so I could listen to it and mm. read it and highlight it and all of that. And it taught me so much about um, developing characters and writing dialogue and it really changed my approach and gave me a good starting point for for writing this novel so that that book and specifically his works and since then i've read more thomas wolf he's really had a very big influence on me um and what i've done 
beyond that, to fully answer Alexa's uh, question, um, I started to search out novelists who tell stories through a lot of dialogue and characterization. And I started to um, listen on audio uh, to a lot of these books. And if I felt like I was uh, drawn in, then I would get the actual book and then highlight and make notes and everything. And I wasn't always drawn in and I would take note as to why I wasn't drawn in. And that gave me answers heading into this novel too. Mm. You know, um, I, I noticed how a lot of um, authors have a tendency to drown a character um, and uh, they put too much detail and too much around the character where the spotlight moves too much and it should always be on the character. So I learned so much just by uh, reading all these different types of, uh, of writers, but Thomas Wolf is the guy. Thomas Wolf. Yeah. What was the specific name? They were asking for the name of the specific book that was the recommendation uh, from Harvey. Oh, Look Homeward Angel. Okay. Well, I'll I was like, I picked the comment. Okay. I'll put it in this. Got you, got they, you. They, they, they got a recommendation. We got readers out there. They want yes. to get their hands on that book. So we got you. That's, yeah, you. this is what I like about the Instagram poetry community. Because we could recommend stuff and we yeah. get inspired. Um, I've gotten recommended music. Music I normally wouldn't listen to. And now I listen to it because of this community as well. So yeah. it's interesting. Uh, yeah, that, that book will change your view of writing. And uh, it's such honest writing, too. And... Um, I don't want to spoil too much of the story, but it's just riveting. It's riveting to read. And uh, I just, uh, I took away so much from, from that, you know. Um, and it, it helped me because I was so, uh, one of my biggest fears was writing dialogue. I didn't, mm. I, I didn't know Absolutely. how to even approach Absolutely. that. And, uh, and now, as, as we finish this first draft, um, I surprised myself at how easily I was writing dialogue for these last sections of the novel, you know, whereas before I was really struggling with it and I'd stop myself. I'm like, wait, I need to fix that. This is clumsy or, you know, I need to fix this. This is clumsy or whatever. Mm -hmm. And now I don't worry about it. I just write it. I can go back and, and tweak things. But I found that it's uh, my dialogue writing is so much more direct. It's clean. It's more precise than it was in the beginning. And the same for Hyro. Like we, we learned from one another. Mm. We learned by, mm. you know, reading other writers and we learned from just practicing mm. and we got better. Yes. And, and that goes with everything. And if I'm going to send out anything to anyone right now, it's if you're afraid of something, then that means you should be doing it. Um, and because I was very afraid of writing a novel. I, I can't tell you how many times I sat down and tried to finish an outline for a novel when I realized I didn't really need to outline anything. I just needed to start writing. And uh, so in this whole experience with Hiro, he and I have taught ourselves um, how to write in this way, in this manner, you know, and, uh, and it's been- I don't wanna I want to interrupt you because
because I'm very curious now because there was the inspiration. You guys did some research. You did some practice. How did the actual collaboration start? Like, how did that, how did you guys work so well together? Did you guys write collaboratively? You write one piece, you wrote another piece, you exchange. How, how did this whole process unfold? Because that's very fascinating to me. Well, you know, it's very interesting for me and Hiro because we started writing together on Instagram live we would write live. Mm. So we would do all these lives. And we started, we started to write um, a, ser a short story series called New York Nights. And we were doing that live. And then we started the, the Blue Poems. And that's the companion book of poetry to the novel. Um, and we started writing all those live on Instagram. And uh, so that really moved the partnership along. Uh, but before that, we wrote the one act play also on Instagram live. We wrote that. So, wow. So we did these things live. And uh, so we, we spent a lot of time together. And this novel that we just finished, which is called Fate Has Handed Me a Wild Card, mm -hmm. is based on my real life oh, wow. and wow. real, real people. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so it's been fascinating bringing all these characters together in one place, which is New York City. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's how we all, that's how he and I started, you know, and we just started on Instagram lives and, and we were just um, uh, playing around and writing and being creative and uh, feeding off each other's energy. Um, Would you consider it like a, that was almost like performance art at the time or really was it just a writing exercise that you just- Cause I remember those lives. I, I remember you guys used to go live, yeah. That, it, oh, that was interesting. I'm like dripping, like just wanting to see that because that seems so incredibly fascinating. <laughs> yeah, nobody was I, doing that. Nobody was doing live writing on Instagram lives. And we just decided, no. well, you know, um, we had a lot of interest from, you know, both our readerships, you know, to to see us creating and see this process. And um, and we used to have this cult group of people who would always tune in for us. Uh, to watch us, and uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, we we fed off their energy too. They were very um, mm -hmm. participative. You know, during the during the lives, and um, it becomes you know, its own organic experience. Yeah. I feel depending on who was there, the the energy from the crowd, what came out. I mean, again, this feels like performance art to me. That's why I'm so jealous that Andy, you got to be a part of that. You you're part of those audience. Yeah, I used to see them doing. That. I remember I remember when you guys used to do that. So I was like, oh mm -hmm. man, I. I I would love to see you guys do that again, man. That would be cool. Because that was different. That was yeah. different than what everybody else was doing. Because it was like you mm -hmm. guys were collaborating and talking at the same time type of situation. Having a great, but you guys had great conversations, too, on oh, top sure. of what you guys were doing. Sure. So and that's what made it interesting. Yeah. No, we were always talking about things and talking about journaling, talking about the importance of writing every day and... Um, exercising that muscle and trusting our subconscious minds and um, you know the uh, and and the great thing about it was that people got to see us mess up they saw us get stuck mm. yes. they saw yes. us scratch something that we just wrote you know it was all unedited and in fact, we even started writing the novel on these lives. And then we decided that we really yeah. needed to not do it on a live as much as we loved everybody coming in and joining us. It was almost too much stimulation uh, to focus in on doing something that we weren't familiar with yet. 
and we needed to just um, we needed to just take a moment and just be with each other so that we could Love do that. it that way. But we did start at the beginning. We wrote the the beginning uh, three chapters on an Instagram live, and then we took a step back and said, you know, we need to just keep this with ourselves right now. Um, uh, but up until that point, we wrote everything online. I'll say that I think it feels really good for like the whole entire brainstorming process to have that a live audience and then to take mm -hmm. them away. That's when you know you're onto something yeah. and then you can be a little secretive about it. So you can actually have it develop in an organic way. Mm -hmm. Andy, I know you had a comment that you want to say. I just thought that was no, really cool. No, no, I was going to say, no, it's so interesting because that is because sometimes you got to do that sometimes. Like, okay, we're doing this, but now, okay, let's take a step back. But you know what I like about what, what it is now though, because um, you could do practice lives now before you weren't able to you know what's crazy i was thinking i like i just wanted to comment though what you were saying i'm like damn this could have been a good podcast between you guys because back then the lives were only 24 hours and then that was it and that's why i started the podcast in the first place but even when now you can save i said you know what? i want to keep doing this podcast thing after all anyway but it's just interesting how it's like it's like you had to have seen the replay for 24 hours and then that was it once the 24 hours were gone that was it. But that could have been a really good podcast episode you guys would have mm -hmm. had to just look back at and be like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. And it's just like, oh, man. It, 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 that was a different time on social media. I'm not going to lie. That was a way different time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was, different, there was different essence back then. Um, now it seems like, unfortunately for me, a lot of the lives really turned me off because um, it seems like a lot of artists just want to show up their little moment and then they're gone mm -hmm. and i really miss the lives where the artists would all show up and stay and yeah. tune in to listen to each other and bonds were formed that way yes. because yes. you heard somebody and you were like oh my gosh you know like for example cc's in the room and i'll yes. never forget the first time i got to be on a live with cc and we really bonded because of that experience and yeah. you know if if that hadn't happened then i i would have missed that yeah. or if i hadn't tuned in and stayed tuned in yes um but nowadays it seems like you see somebody pop up and then a minute later you see them somewhere else yes. you know and that's i agree a, that's just a real turn off for me um yeah and there's not there's not like uh I don't know, before it just seemed like people were more invested in one another. Now, and Robert, I'm going to cut you off a little bit because I agree with you completely. However, I am seeing a resurgence of this community coming back with a couple of the places. Like, again, we know CC and I CC in other houses and we get to talk and also hearing everybody's story come through. Um, I definitely agree. I, I, there's something that leaves a bad taste in your mouth when somebody comes in and they pop out yeah. to go see somebody else because we really are making connections like you said you made connections with this uh with your collaborator because of your op action you know by chance opportunity to work together so i definitely agree with you i think it is coming back a little bit i know and uh, andy has something to say because you're also 
you're meeting other uh, artists in the mm. community as well. Mm -hmm. So you're building that bridge as well, Robert. I think you're leading that. But Andy, I know you wanted to say something. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, and like, because, you know, for those who know me for a long time that still know me to this day would know when I first started the podcast in 2020, you know, and even to this day, you know, I did struggle with it a little bit. And when I came back in January this year, I wanted to do something different. Okay, if I'm going to recreate, like rebrand a, plat a platform and do all this other stuff, what am I going to do different than what everybody else is doing? And that's when I realized, well, interviews, no one's really doing that. Yeah. Because the thing is, I want to connect. I want to have that. Like what we're doing right now, this is all I ever wanted. Mm -hmm. like, like, I don't care if I'm red or not. I don't care. If, I don't care to be red. On a live, like I sometimes I'll pop in and be in the like, because I want to listen, I want to get inspired. That's how I was able to enhance my writing because I listen right. to you guys speak. Right. And and it's because of like what I started doing with Angela. And with Angela, it's interesting because I bumped into Angela by accident. I don't know how she showed up on my thing. And this one post, New Year's, New Year's, New Me. And then she said, No more shitty years. And it was something about that post that made me reach out to her and say, hey, let's have this conversation. I didn't know where this conversation was going. And when I was still trying to look for the vision of what I wanted Unraveled Influence to be, it's kind of like she knew without me even having to tell her what I was looking for. We, we, I did my first rebranding episode with her. And based on the vibe I got from her, and this one I had Leon with me, who's taking a hiatus at the moment. Um, I was like, yo, what do you think about this girl? I think I want her to do this with us. And again, all this started from a post, mm -hmm. a New Year's Eve post. And here we are now, what, eight months later? And Unraveling has become this thing. And I love the fact that, yeah, we had all these new people we met. But also, that's why I reached out to you and I reached out to Brand and I reached out to Robert again. Because, you know, but I don't want to forget, you know, for people from the past because you guys are a part of what Unraveled Influence became. Mm -hmm. That's why I like to reach out to you because, hey, let's Absolutely. do another part. Hey, let's do another episode. Because even though the last episode we did together was season two, I said, oh, but I got to get him back on because that's, that's years from, from before already. But again, it's like I never want to forget from where it was to where it is today. Because you never want to forget where something came from. That's, that, that's, that's a big thing for me. You guys were doing this. You guys were doing this this entire time. So I, I absolutely listen to you. I hear you. And I respect everything that you said because you have been here for a long time. And I am so honored to be able to have this conversation with you because I've never had the privilege to actually get to interact with you before on this kind of an intimate level. So I'm so thankful to have you. Um, what other things do you think we can, as a community, do better or be more mindful of? Because absolutely, we can't just show up, take the spotlight of it, and leave because mm -hmm. that's not going to make better art. Because how did you, what did you say? By listening to other stuff, reading other stuff, and, and doing more practice. Mm -hmm. um, I want to say one last thing before I give you the, the actual opportunity to answer the question. The point is that we do know that here in this community, there's so many different artists, writers, poets. <sighs> where some are craft heavy, where they're looking to become very academically minded. And there's some that are here to do the artistic expression. This is them bleeding on the page. And the, these are, there's also the whole spectrum in between. So we want to marry everybody together. So um, your thoughts on that? What should we do better? Or what do you think? Or are we on the right track? Well, I think it's different for everybody because as artists, one of the things that, um, 
we need to be sure that we we do is that we're stingy with our time in terms mm. of our creative time and to leave enough time for for writing and to balance things out um but i think to answer your question um with that in mind uh i think it's just um paying attention to things like chemistry and mm -hmm. and people who are like-minded but perhaps different enough artistically where you can exchange with one another and enhance one another because as artists um one of the most important things to continue to do throughout our artistic careers is to experiment and expand our art and you can only do that by connecting with others um so i think it you know it's like anything you know relationships are this way you know you're not going to get on with everyone but you're going to have spark with some people mm. and the people you have yeah. spark with are the people you need to really pay attention to um so i think in order to build your own community uh you have to pay attention to those signs and not just gravitate to the people who are the most um uh have the most exposure or are the loudest mm. or yes. that you see the most frequently because i worry about the people i see frequently you know even if i'm on just an hour a day and every hour of every day i'm on i see this person i wonder are they leaving themselves enough time to create and 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 to let themselves create properly or are mm -hmm. they rushing because they've got to have something new there's another show and and they they mm -hmm. can't do something that they've done before and and maybe they're they're uh they're becoming a one note artist instead of um connecting with someone who can expand their notes into a symphony you know and and i think that it just has to be that kind of a, an approach in my opinion at least um that's that's what i do um i i allow myself time to um to write and to to do it the way that that i see best but at the same time i want to be surrounded by people who challenge me who bring a new perspective or a new flavor uh to the way that i look at things and the way that i do things and uh i think we we do that by challenging one another and also by being honest to one another the other thing about this um yes. this this community that bugs me a little bit is all of the um toxic positivity um that uh sends people off into the stratosphere where they're not connected to reality so much and uh i think it's important as writers for us to continually submit our works to different publications and different platforms yes. outside of this platform yes. because that's when you can you can stay in touch with reality because as artists yeah. you're going to get a hundred rejections for every acceptance if you're lucky yeah. but it's going to be yeah. more like a thousand um a thousand rejections you know i just Absolutely. got another rejection this morning yeah. you know i mean but That's important. but you have to keep you have to keep submitting and you can't stop and and just 
you know, hover over one one place. Um, you know, so I think you know uh, that the toxic positivity is a real issue mm -hmm. uh, because then people get a false sense of security, uh, and and they don't push themselves hard enough to become their greatest. And you can only become the greatest by putting your putting your works out there and 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 uh, getting different voices and different ears yeah. and and different. Uh, different opinions yes. Uh, yes. for your for your growth, because otherwise you can't you can't grow. You're you're going to be hitting a wall. And um, even if you become, you know, famous on what famous on one platform, that doesn't guarantee a readership. And I think mm -hmm. that it's uh, for me, like my my goal when I got into this writing game was connection. And that's yeah. all that matters to me is connection with the reader and if if a reader feels comfortable to message me privately and talk to me about something i've written or share with me a story from their life that um they feel compelled to share with me because of something they've read that that mm. that trumps everything you know there there isn't anything that matters more to me than that um and you know so but again it, it's different for everybody yeah. so it's hard to yeah. answer that but in terms of what i'd like to see i'd like to see uh more live writing more um more, mm. more more challenging things for artists instead of just popping up on this live and that live and that live and you yeah. know i'd like to see artists you know open to um sending their works out there to to diversified places and 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 uh, finding out um, and uh, what people think and getting good critique back. Um, yes, absolutely, that's important. I know, Andy, you have been waiting. No, I, take no, I know. It's just you know what it is. I've always been taught to wait till the person finishes speaking before you say something. That's all. Yeah. Like because everything he was saying was ministry. No, so CC. No, CC wanted to just pop in and just throw. I'll give you some flowers. So um, I told. Oh, there, just give me a second, but um, I think she wants to say something oh, sure. as well. So, Absolutely. so it's easy. Thank you for being patient. It is, I've always been taught to let the finish per let the person finish first, and then um, of course, of course, Andy, you're so wonderfully polite. That's why you're such a professional. That's why I that's, love working with you. Oh my god. But, uh, Robert, okay. Uh, what you said, because what you said was very honest and and authentic. And I'm a teacher by trade and feedback is very important and mm -hmm. feedback can seem emotional or personal, but, but if we can look past that, it's actually for good cause and good reason. So I really appreciate your, um, your words on that. Yeah. And true feedback, like real honest right. feedback, right. you know, not feedback from someone who's just trying to make you feel Absolutely. good. You know, you need Absolutely. to get real honest. You need to search it out. And whether that means that you search it out through beta readers and people mm -hmm. who, are, who yes. don't know you, who aren't familiar with your work, or mm -hmm. just people you can identify uh, as can, as people who will be honest can with you. you can you speak on that say. about beta readers? I mean, because I, maybe some people might not be familiar with that process of getting, or how would you, would, do you crowdsource beta readers? Do you go through somebody to get beta readers? What, what, 
Can you describe that process at all real quick as we're getting CC on that stage? Well, I have, I have not had the experience with beta readers okay. yet mm -hmm. uh, because this is the first novel before I had books of poetry. And, yes. and, but I was fortunate to have editors who were very honest with me. And in fact, for my most recent book, Kaleidoscope of Colors too, yes. we edited on, we did live editing on Instagram Live. Ooh, wow. And, you know, my readers were funny because they were I messaging me that. right and left and they were saying, are you okay? Because the editor said, you need to bounce that from the book. That's not good enough. Or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that ending's really weak or they would say things, you know, and I'm like, okay, because I had this massive, massive manuscript and mm -hmm. we needed to whittle it down. And we were doing that on Instagram Live, you know, so I've been lucky to have editors see, see that. who've been like that. Um, so I'm very, I'm very comfortable in that zone um, you know, I don't think have you things... always been, I'm sorry to cut you, have you always been comfortable or did that take time? Cause again, yes, this is very much like comedy. It's very much like, um, acting. You're going to get rejected more times yeah. than you're going to get accepted. And, you, and it's a numbers game. It's almost like sales. You've yeah. got to ask a thousand people and hope 10 people say yes. So, mm -hmm. uh, you, I, was it always been easy? Um, I wouldn't say it's always been easy. Maybe it's been easier for me. Uh, I have to go back to journaling because I've been journaling since I was 14 years old. Mm -hmm. And when you journal, you really get to know yourself. And I know myself really, really well. And um, anything that I've been able to accomplish in my life um, always began with rejection. And so that that's a familiar emotion that I've learned to understand as something that you experience on the way to achieving something great. Um, so when it came down to writing and rejection and all of those things, um, it doesn't really, it doesn't stop me. It just makes me work harder. You know, it would never ever um, make me give up. You know, it just means that, um, you know, one of the things to remember when you, you get a rejection, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with you not being talented or you not submitting something that isn't written well. It has everything to do with what they're looking for, for that particular yes. issue, for that particular thing. It's like actors who go out on casting calls, you know, somebody has a specific visual in mind for that character. And if you don't meet that, then you're not going to get the part. But again, it doesn't have anything to do with talent. It has to do right. with the, the idea that the casting director or the director or the writer or, or producer mm -hmm. or whoever um, has, has in mind for that. So, uh, so yeah, I guess to, to get back to your original question, um, I've, I guess I've, I've always had a little bit of fearlessness because of my journal writing, because in journal writing, there's nowhere to hide because you're honest with yourself and you, you inherently study yourself while, while you're writing in your journal. So I got to know myself really well. Um, by the time I was hitting the, the writing arena, I was already 50 years old. So I'd had you know five decades of living under my belt and nearly five decades of, of and writing, just that experience writing. of writing. Yeah, yeah, you're writing every single day, even if it's just journaling, but you are actually, yeah. you know, practicing your craft at the same time. And that's, yeah. I think, important. Yeah. So 
Yeah. I know, Cece, you have so many incredible things you got to say. I'm going to I'm going to be Cece. I'm on cloud nine. I love this. <laughs> Hi, y'all. Um, sorry, I'm out of town right now. I was coming to drop my son off to my mother-in-law's if in Fresno. And um, I, when I drove up here, I stopped to stretch with him because my kid is just a great chocolate, thank God. And um, I guess I drove over four hours. So I ended up making it here by the grace of God because my tire was completely flat by the time oh. I And I drove like six, five, five or six hours. So um, my in-laws are going to put all new tires on my car today and then get an oil change so I can make it back down to San Diego. Uh, but I just wanted to give Robert his flowers, um, everything that you said, about, especially about the, the positive toxicity. Like, are you kidding me? Mm. Like, you hit the nail right on the head. I used to do live rights as well, and I really did it for copyright purposes. Um, and I would create songs or I would have producers send me instrumentals and stuff like that on live so that they would know it was the first time I was hearing it and I was able to create on the spot. So I think those live rights should definitely come back. Um, I just, I just give us some ideas. I agree. I agree. And what Robert said, it's very funny because last night I was literally falling asleep, but I needed to write because I was like a little bit um, overstimulated. And it said, if your glasses always run us over, where's the time that goes into the pour? Not quite sure why your tank is on E. Didn't you know your positivity toxified your own productivity? Mm. What's the point to lose everything that fills you when you become the unsecured domineer? You'll be the one rearing your own rear and it's okay to grow in silence. Tiptoes have the layers to outdo lasagna. So what is your goal that you're trying to achieve? Hopefully it's leaving some juice for you and truly for you, not for all to see. Now watch how the immaculate tone of growth becomes a permanent residency. Yeah. So it's cool. <laughs> wavelengths, wavelengths. And you know, I love how you pose questions to yourself because that's something I do continually in my journal writing. I always ask myself questions. You can't go into any of you, you could open any of my journals and you're going to find at least one question that I've asked myself because that's how we get closer to what it is we are meant to be doing and, and how we're, we're meant to be doing it too. Um, and those, those moments of self-actualization, you know, come through us and to us in the form of our own questions that we pose to ourselves because no one else could have asked you that question, Cece. You're oh, the yeah. only one who could have asked yourself that question. Absolutely. And I've been journaling since I was about six. Um, it took me two years to realize after the death of my parents, it took me two years after the physical, after all the physical stuff I had to get through, the surgeries, um, I spent a year in John Hopkins Hospital, um, to realize that they weren't coming back. And so when that, that was a whole different, like, that, that was a whole different process I had to start going through. And I actually became a mute for nine months. And I didn't talk. Wow. That was my, that's how I went into shock. And I did not talk, not a word. Wow. And um, wow. journaling is the reason why I am how I am now and how you see me now. And yeah, I do have moments sometimes where I'm like, oh, like right now I'm getting teary eyed because I'm thinking about all the questions that I've had to ask myself that I've had to solve <laughs> and I've had to figure out in order to, to gain strength and wisdom from my own pen. Yeah. 
so um the journal is 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 keen to any writer whether you are um a rapper a songwriter a poet um you write novels you write novellas whatever it is that you write um just keep that journal real close to you yes as close as that pen is because there is some self-realization you will definitely encounter that you wouldn't even it wouldn't I come think just gen like in static Stacey, yeah. I think you just echoed exactly what Robert said earlier about yeah. yourself and through that journaling process. I know we spoke on this the first time we were interviewed. We interviewed you a couple of months ago. We're interviewing her again tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, just a little uh, commercial to join us again in a couple of hours. But um, that goes brightly back to what Robert, you said, knowing yourself and through that journaling process, through healing through those questions. That's why I feel like both of you two have such strong voices, even though they're very diverse voices. You guys are both strong voices in this community because of how strong you are in your ability to know yourself and then learn from that and then walk with that. Yeah, Robert, and you know what else? And you know what else? Go back? Does Robert go? I just want to know, does Robert go back to read his journals? Oh, I do all the time. Okay. I post, <laughs> I post them regularly. You know, people will request, you know, hey, it's my birthday. Can you post? the journal entry from the day I was born and and I enjoy going back I mean that's one of the reasons why um, I began writing down my life because I don't want to forget anything I want to be returning mm. back into these mm. moments that have passed by and the other thing I was going to say uh, as far as you know knowing ourselves really well um, we can only give ourselves to readers if we really do study ourselves and and you know as i mentioned earlier it's all about connection for me and it would be impossible for me to connect to a reader if i didn't know myself really well and my readers know me very very well and uh i again i wouldn't trade that for anything i wouldn't trade that for notoriety i wouldn't trade that for anything like i i love the relationship and it's a very special and intimate relationship that i have with my readers and uh and it's because I've I've spent all this time in my life writing everything down and studying myself, posing questions to myself, and uh, so I tap deeply in with you know whatever's with it, living within me, and that comes through in what I write, and um, and that breeds connection. You know, honesty breeds connection. You know, so honest writing breeds honest connection honest writing breeds honest growth um, growth honest writing breeds honest feedback mm -hmm. you know all of those things come back to you you know when it when it's done that way you know and all roads lead back to journaling you know uh, cc and i are both good examples of that um because you know i'm not sure what would have become of me without my journal i have no idea yeah. Sorry Amen. very much. I had to come in here to give me hugs and kisses because I'll be leaving either tomorrow or the day after. And I get a couple of weeks off to just be present with myself. And I have a couple of business strategies that I'm working on that I need absolute concentration for. So thank God for my mother-in-law because I'm going to keep my little one and um, I'm getting caught up on sleep and whatnot. So that's why I look a little bit refreshed. <laughs> <laughs> So I just wanted to give Robert his flowers and say hello and show love, light, and flow to everyone. I got to go get my car um, fixed to make sure that I can make it back down safely because I have to go over a grapevine. If anyone's been in California, you know that is a deadly, deadly road. And I'm very grateful that I made it over with um, four nails in my tire. <laughs> wow. So.
Yeah. So love, light, and flow. I'll be in the audience and see you guys later. All right. Thanks, Bye, Cece. Thank you so much. Oh, man. Um, everything you guys are saying, just ministering to me. So um, sometimes, and this is what I was telling, I've told Angela this in the past too, like sometimes when I pop in on the live, sometimes I just, like, I won't comment, but I'm there because I just like to listen sometimes. Because sometimes if we talk less and listen more, you learn something about yourself through that. And I've learned so much about myself that it has helped. Believe it or not, this, these lives have actually helped me be a better husband or a better parent mm -hmm. to pretty much my family or a better brother or better sibling or better cousin. Because it's like, because the thing I love what we do too is it's not just, okay, we read a poem and that's it, right? Because, and, and, this, and this is what I always tell everybody, like when I invite people into the podcast, like live, so like that, I don't just invite just anybody. I'm all about the connection and stuff like that. So I'm very discerned about who I, you know, invite on here. But one of the greatest things I love is the connection. I love the fact that everybody has a story to tell. And that's why I wanted to do what I'm doing now. It's because mm -hmm. we have stories that need to be told that people, because the fact that we're having this conversation, we don't know if somebody else is probably listening to me. Like, wow, like he, this is how I feel. I never knew how to explain it. And now you're explaining to them yeah. in a way that, oh my God, he gets it. And that's important to me, you know? Um, yeah, so that's what I wanted to say. And um, again, um, thank you for just, again, yeah. like thank you for just um, doing this for us, you know? I mean, you're doing this with us together and having this conversation. Uh, we are reaching towards the end. And I feel so bad now, because I'm like, yeah. man, I didn't even actually read a piece. Do you have a piece you want to read with us for us? Um, yeah, I can read uh, something that uh, I just wrote last week. Um, I have it on my laptop. So this is weird for me reading it from this way. Um, no let me, uh, I'm so used to reading it from my journal, but whoops. And then I do have a final question after sure. the, the reading, because I know we'll have to cut off real soon, but sure. just about all of your collections. But so what, okay. what will you be sharing with us right now? Uh, this is a poem called A Blue That Stays. And here we go. I trace my finger along the outer perimeter of the map where blue surrounds it, a blue that crashes through my dreams, letting smooth sculpted sea glass swim atop white capped waters on their way home. Where am I going without you? Have I made enough peace with the past to look forward without losing my grip on the present? Perhaps this unmapped future of mine isn't meant to be navigated alone. Perhaps solitude has never been the right destination after all. Oh, oh how I long to be entangled in the lines of your life again. How I long to breathe the air you breathe and sail whereon you sail beyond a sea of memories without end. So for you and for all the sins I'm willing to commit, I would ride these same waves, collecting blue sea glass for days and days, just for the chance to stand beside you all over again. Wow. Wow. Yeah, Andy? you gotta let yeah. that sink in. I know I gotta let this sink right. in because right. well, it's so you can go ahead wow. And let it sink in. Well, 
obviously it is definitely clear from here that you definitely are an expert in the craft with just the cadence of your writing, of course, the alliteration, just when you added that sculpted towards the beginning, oh my gosh, it just really made something like happy in my mm. ear. I love the way that sounded, you know what I mean? Um, navigate alone, the solitude, um, entangled within the lines, um, for all the sins I want to commit, blue sea glass. Mm. I felt like I was right there because I've been to Jersey a few times. I've been to the Atlantic Ocean and, and just wanting to be right there. Yeah. I, I felt like I was standing right there um, on the beach right there. And, and just wanting to just be there and collect that sea glass and stay there as long as possible. Like you really mm. do have a command, but that's not what you want to hear about. I, but I really am, am transported through the feeling of the words Thank you. because of the sound of the words. Um, Andy, did I give you enough decompression time? Yeah, no, no, no. Um, you pretty much just hit the nail on the coffin. Yeah, that's, um, wow. I love that. Yeah, that, that one really, yeah, that one really kind of struck a nerve in me because I'm just like, wow. That that's damn. But what sins am I willing to commit? You know, see, this is what see. I mean, we're almost towards the end, as I we can see. But one thing I wanted to say is, um, because if I touch on this right now, I'm gonna be dissecting the crap out of this piece, especially that line. You know how I am, Angela. I start dissecting things, forget oh, about I know. it. But um. Ah, uh, that makes me want see, and and then this ties into the last question. What what's a question most people should be asking themselves? And then that one right there. What what sins am I willing to commit sometimes for this person or for that thing or for that situation? And, you know, and would it be worth it at the end? There's that reflection that I have to look at myself sometimes like damn. But then that means if I'm going to do that, then what should I be fixing about myself so I don't think that way or behave that yeah. way? So it's it's interesting. It's interesting. Right? Well, Let me stop because if I don't stop, I'm going to continue on and yeah. No, well, this me, piece but this in is particular good. is interesting because it's not just me looking through my current lens. It's me looking through the lens of the younger man I used to be. And it's the blending of these two, you know, and, and that's who I am. I'm, I'm a combination of who I used to be. And there's still, I'm, I'm not all that different from, from the young man that I was, you know, at, at whatever age. Um, but I think it's fun when you write uh, with that in mind and, and they're just blended together. Uh, but this is one piece that's a good example of that. You know, it's not just um, me um, looking at the way things are right now it, it's me looking it's more cumulative look absolutely well the, the yeah. last question i wanted to ask because i know we have to run out we're running out of time but you have a lot of works you've published quite a few books you have a book coming out with a, a collaborative novel that's coming yeah. through um i although i feel like i think the answer to the question is going to be it's yet to come but what what have you been most proud of as far as any of your your works or you know your award-winning um experiences or has it still yet to happen what you're most proud of in your career um, or your exposure into this medium? I'm proud of how much I've improved with every release and I'm also proud of my readership and that you know I have some readers who have been with me from the very very beginning and I, I also love that um, my readers tend to be um, the core readers I have tend to be a lot younger than than I am. And mm -hmm. I, I'm really proud of that too, um, because I'm getting people's attention who are just starting out in their lives. 
and I really, really love that. That's um, cool. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm really proud. I'm proud of that consistency. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and I'm also proud of my discipline and work ethic. Um, yeah. And you know, to one of the things that my writing partner Hiro and I talk about all the time is asking ourselves the same question every day. Um, what am I going to do today to be a write, to be a better writer tomorrow? Ooh, you know that's a great question. Yeah, if you start and, your day with that, yeah. you're going to be focused all day thinking about that. I would, yeah. I would imagine, yeah. And the other thing I consider every single day too, Angela and Andy, is this, and I'll leave you with this. Um, I think about how wonderful it is to be an artist and to to have the privilege of creating something and putting it out into the world, creating something that has not been there before. Because as artists, we're all unique and we add something um, that comes from within us, you know, and, and we add something to this atmosphere we all exist in uh, that was never there before. So it doesn't matter what it is that we add, you know, um, but we, we get to add it as artists. And uh, I think that that's a really beautiful way to start your, your day, to think about what am I going to add today? Amen. And then that, that, that feeds into yep. your, your commitment, your discipline, um, and, and what you do to uh, keep expanding as an artist, you know, through reading, through listening, through challenging yourself and and uh to to placing yourself in unfamiliar territory and and not staying safe you know um it you know it's what i said before you know if something terrifies the hell out of you then you need to do that i wow. have to say this because i know we have to end but this to me is definitely the definition between somebody who is a professional versus this is a hobby so you are definitely somebody that we look up to as a real professional uh, uh, leadership in this field who is really bringing something that is connecting us. And like you said, you, you. you're reaching a whole audience that you might not have expected. You're connecting with other writers that you might not have expected. And that is the human experience. And I know you have some great words to close this out, but Robert, I just want to say thank you thank so much. For thank you, Angela. Us. I wish we had another hour, but um, Andy, <laughs> I'm going to let you close the show. Yeah, no, so I just want to say again, thank you for doing this with us. Thank you for sharing pretty much your story, you know, because this is very important. Stories and, and life lessons are very important. So I just want to say thank you so much, Robert, You're for what you do and, and your writing. Um, I'm finally done with that list, that, that other piece of the, the piece I was telling you about that got inspired by Derek. I said to do more final touches, but I'm almost done with it. Um, oh, wow. Can't wait to share it. But again, um, thank you so much, Robert. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, join us tonight at 8 o'clock where we will be interviewing CC Flow. And yeah, and, and um, let me just promote this quick for Den Denise Washington. So on August 25th at 8 a.m. to 8 a.m. Saturday, she's doing Haiti 24. She does it every month. Um, so let's have the conversation. If you guys are interested in knowing what that is, just go to the post for more details and follow Denise Washington. So Denise L. Washington is her handle. And yeah, mm -hmm. 
Um, so again, guys, thank you for joining us, Robert. Thank you so much. And, and thank, and thank episode, you for having yeah. us. And thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate this. This was a lot of fun. And um, I'm so glad that you're doing these interview shows because as you mentioned before, nobody's really doing this, you know, and it gives people a chance to, to tune in and um, identify common threads maybe that they didn't think existed before. Um, and it goes back to what you were saying before about building building your own uh, community and uh, and uh, being able to surround yourself with the right people, you know, and th your show is one way where people get to do that. So I, I appreciate it on, on more than just the, that one level, you know. So thank you again for honoring me and having me here today. No doubt. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're honoring us. You're honoring us. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is an honor and a privilege, and it's a responsibility in my eyes. So, I mean, I take this very seriously. So, again, thank you so much. We want to hear about the behind-the-scenes stuff so we can grow as artists as well. And mm -hmm. we wouldn't know that unless we had these times to come to the table and chat. Yeah. But I want live rights, live rights, live edits. That's that's what we're putting out there now. I want yeah. to see that. All right, that's what cool. We're doing. Yeah. All right, All right. thank you, so you guys. Much. Thank right. you, Robert. Thank you for joining us, guys. Bye-bye.